This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub the Mies. And we are back for another edition of The Onside Kick here on Most Valuable Podcasts. If you're on YouTube, hello. It is wonderful to see your faces yet again. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher, thank you guys for giving us either the download or the listen today. And Mark, we got a jam-packed show. Mm -hmm. A jam-packed show here on The Onside Kick. We're going to be talking about Drew Brees, a little bit of... The actually the conversation is more about the owners changing the overtime rules. But on the Dan Patrick show, Drew Brees chimed in, gave his two cents. He likes to do that about the overtime rules. We're going to talk about that, how they will affect the NFL. We're going to look at Curdy Cousins, one of our favorite quarterbacks to talk about in the NFL, and whether he'll get a long-term deal done this off-season. And then we're going to look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is this finally time? to believe in the hype that always surrounds the Jacksonville Jaguars. But let's start with non-football anything. It's just rules changes and owners Mm -hmm. meeting to change things that might affect the football game, but it doesn't exactly involve pads and players. That is the overtime rule change. Owners going to meet to vote to change from 15 minutes to 10 minutes. And although they're going to meet, it's pretty fairly predicted that they are going to make this change. And like I said, Drew Brees on the Dan Patrick show said this, I'm not sure what the thought process was going, was going into it, but just from what I see, I would disagree with it because most games are going to end up in ties now. End quote. What do you think? How does this changing it from 15 Mm -hmm. to 10 minutes of overtime period affect NFL games? Well, I think my first thought is is to ask Drew Brees, you say from what I'm looking at, well, what are you looking at? What is it that's telling you that? Is, mm-hmm. is it something where you're saying, well, pretty much all these games get decided at minute 12 and minute 13? You know, is that what it is to where you're saying that? Uh, most people's casual complaint is the fact that these games will end on the first drive, mm-hmm. is that someone will throw a touchdown and game over. Um, and... I feel like that's more of something that needs to potentially be addressed in one way or the other than it being 15 minutes long. I mean, are the I'm confused of are the owners thinking that these overtime, you know, quarters are just too long and people are bored and they're tuning out? Is it more of a well, you know, 60 minutes really hates when we cut off mm-hmm. part of their show and make them start late, you know? <laughs> um, and I say that because my parents would watch 60 mm-hmm. minutes all the time. And my mom really disliked when a football game went over, which was like every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know why this is the thing that's being addressed with, with it. Maybe they think that people will take more shots or something and they're just going to try and end fast because there's less time. Um, I, I don't really I don't really know what what this is to answer Drew Brees' question. Does it make for more ties? Yeah, I mean it makes ties more likely to happen because mm-hmm. there's less time. Um, I don't necessarily know that I think this is the worst thing in the world, though. Well, I mean, and the thing originally, and when I was watching mm-hmm. one of the videos that they had on the article for CBS Sports, they had their two guys talking, and I guess one of the reasons why the owners want to do this is. Because of the kind of 
it's usually the pen and paper answer. It's the answer that the political answer you'll put out there. Uh-huh. Oh, it's to reduce injuries. It, less time, less time on the field for you to maybe get injured. Yeah. But really, they looked into it. And with this time going from 15 to 10, it's only going to decrease injuries by 0.06%. Yeah. So basically nothing. It's not like we're changing every quarter yeah. to 10 minutes. It's going to change basically nothing on that front. The thing I I actually like this, and I am not opposed to having a shorter overtime period. And this is why, because of two things. The first thing I look at is it's a passing league. If you have now less time in an overtime period, mm-hmm. you're not going to want to run the ball. So you are playing into exactly what the league is right now. And what people like to league. see. They like to see yeah. touchdown throws. And people love to see offenses going down the field, especially like look at the Super Bowl. Who are we talking about? Are we talking about the running backs? Are we talking about Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. We're talking about Tom Brady. We're talking about those wide receivers and the plays that they made to carry the team down the field. That's point number one. Point number two, I think this will add a little bit of, of urgency, not only to overtime, but to the fourth quarter. Because if you don't want to play overtime, don't punt the ball. Don't punt the ball late. And it's going to change to me in either late game situations or even in that overtime period. It's going to change the special teams because there's a lot of times in football where it's like, oh, we only got this far. Let's just punt it. Let's flip the field on them. Change Mm -hmm. the field position. Let the defense do that. And you'll see that in overtime. Well, now if you have less time to do it, you might not see that as much. Well, I think that I don't think it changes anything with the fourth quarter because the fourth quarter doesn't matter in overtime. Um, Well, I'm saying like if teams, mm -hmm. hey, you know what? We don't even want to get to overtime now. Then win it in the fourth. I don't think they want to get to overtime anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it changes anything for that. For the overtime period, sure, I can see where it's going to make teams more likely to take a shot. Because let's say you're the team that gets the ball first. Mm -hmm. Let's say you take three minutes. You have a decent drive. You take up time. You're going to now punt the football. Okay. So there's only seven-some minutes, probably closer to six minutes left. If they take another three or four minutes, you're at a two-minute drill. Mm -hmm. You have to do something. So, yeah, I can agree that teams are going to be – they're going to want kickers that can kick long field goals. You know, like things Janikowski. like that. Yeah, they want somebody that can win them this game. Um, so I can see that for sure. To me, I just don't honestly see what this what this changes. Like, sure, there are now five less minutes in this overtime period. Well, you're taking away pos- oh, you're taking away possessions. You're basically what this seems like they're trying to almost do is artificially create a shootout mm-hmm. of like this team will have their chance. This team. Theoretically, we'll probably have their chance. Mm -hmm. Maybe one more team will get a chance, but probably not both teams getting two chances. Unless that first team just the defense for the other one. Or I'm saying that we get the ball first in our offense, just drive straight down the field, and we score a touchdown. Like, if if that's the case, obviously the other team's not going to get the But that doesn't change anything. If it's just one possession, Mm -hmm. nothing has changed. If it flips over and that other team wins, nothing has changed. Well, what comes down to is the fact of like when it starts getting to that third and fourth mm-hmm. possession. Uh, but still, I don't see that much has really changed except for sure you might speed up the urgency a little bit. Um, 
I don't think this makes the game more interesting. I don't think that this. I uh, honestly think you know that fixes it, over time. It puts the team that's on defense first, mm-hmm. and now more of a disadvantage. More of a disadvantage mm-hmm. because let's say you're a defense and you don't get that three and out. You don't get the three and out, but you keep them off the board. Let's yeah. say it's even a drive longer than you said. What if it's a five minute drive? And mm-hmm. you're sitting there, and you kind of stall them a little bit, and you get the ball back to your offense. Now your offense has five minutes to do the same. I can see where Drew Brees is thinking of, like, oh, it's going to end in ties. Because, like, we're saying, well, with the average amount of possession to time, yeah. is there going to be anything? But like you said, just get a kicker that can kick longer, especially your that second team. I just think, I don't know why the NFL just doesn't take it if they're trying to do this to create more urgency and create those big plays in the passing game, why not just go to the college rule and force it? Just say, yeah. you know what, screw it. We're just having an end zone well, game. Here's a few things. One or a red zone game is what I should say. One um, the red zone game on red zone. Yeah, right. I don't think that. Um, well, I, I'll say it this way. I think that with this new ten minute thing, if I'm a coach. I would like to waste time now. Mm-hmm. You know, I would. I would Especially like if to I run have the ball. a phenomenal kicker. Yeah, I would like to run the ball more often. You know, let me use six, seven minutes somehow, mm-hmm. some way. I know that's hard to do in football. Yeah. But let me use as much time as possible because I want to give you no time to do what you mm-hmm. want to do. Um, especially if you're the team that plays defense first, you somehow get us get the ball back. If they used up some time, you know, maybe there's six minutes left. I can use four of those minutes. I use four and a half of those minutes. You know, mm-hmm. let me use up as much time as possible to not give that ch- team another opportunity. Um, and that's, of course, coming down to what Drew Brees' complaint is. The problem I have with using the college football, college football is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And overtime is really fun. Uh, it unfortunately artificially inflates stats. Uh, it makes it really kind of muddy in that sense. I think that there's also, when you're talking about these injury concerns, well, you're compacting a lot of players into one spot. That would, I think that that would defeat the whole, we're doing this to solve injuries. Um, you do get a lot of probably fun plays to look at. Uh, but I also think this is interesting. This is the fact or stat that's going around so much now is that it's actually, the way the NFL does it compared to the way college does it is actually more fair. Because it is closer. You're saying the NFL is more fair yes. than college. It is closer to a 50-50 shot for either team to win. Mm-hmm. Where for college football, the team that's on defense first has about 63-64% higher chance of And winning. you want to know why it's a 50-50 shot in the NFL? Because hmm. a coin toss decides it. That's the only thing. Like... That's the only thing I don't like about no, the that's, overtime. No, that's not rule. what it's saying at all. That's I not f- what it's saying at all. I feel where it's the coin mm-hmm. flip is no, why it's hold, 50-50. Hold on. Let's address this. This is wrong. Okay. Um, just statistically, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. What it's saying is that getting the ball first does not give you much of an advantage. So the coin flip is not – I mean, you can boil it down to that a little bit. But the coin flip is not what's making it 50-50. It's saying that just because you get the ball first does not mean you're going to score a touchdown. You have a 54% chance of winning a game. Well, and I think of it, look at the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, if they, and this comes down to that coin flip. If mm-hmm. the Falcons were able to get the ball first, 
they probably they probably would have won that game just like the Patriots but what, did. But what you're missing in the statistic is mm-hmm. that it's saying that's not true. It's saying it is 53, 54% to go your way. It's only giving you a 4% tilt. When you look at that, if you have 100 games that go in overtime, mm-hmm. 53 or 54 of them, the team that gets the ball first wins. 46, 47%, the team that gets the ball second wins. That's pretty insignificant. That's saying that there's really, that's pretty close to fair because the 50-50 split doesn't exist in the real mm-hmm. world. Statistically, that doesn't exist. If you flip a coin 100 times, press pause and do it right now, <laughs> you're probably going to get a 54, 55 heads to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever tails. That's probably what's going to happen. So this is actually pretty close to being real odds. I mean, I bet if you took a look at, and I might be wrong in this comment section, so feel free to let me know. If you took a look at, you know, just the overall statistics of home versus away, when you're more likely to win, that's probably less fair than the overtime rules are. Now, I'm just, and the thing I'm thinking of right now Mm -hmm. is... Is it the misconception, I'll say, mm-hmm. that we look at college and say, well, both teams get the ball, so it's fair? I think so. We're in the NFL, oh, team A got it, but team B didn't, so it's mm-hmm. not fair. And I'd be interested to see um, in the comment section here, this was another chance where you guys could come in mm-hmm. uh, and save the day. I'd be interested to see how many times a raw number does a team who gets the ball first score a touchdown and nobody gets a chance since they changed the rules? Yeah, no looking at before. Like how it used to be is, oh, just get in field just goal get a range kickoff. and we win. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see that because there are plenty of times where the ball exchanges hands quite a few times and then somebody wins. We don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of time. Well, not plenty, but there's times enough where there's a tie and we don't talk about the ties. We don't like ties. We only like to make fun of them for kissing their sisters. Mm-hmm. Um what we don't I what is highly publicized, even though it doesn't happen as often, is that the team pulls a Tim Tebow, here's a play, there's a touchdown, game over. Mm-hmm. That really doesn't happen all that often. It's just that it's highly publicized. The fact that we know teams are gonna get a chance on offense and a chance on defense in college football makes it seem more fair, even well, though statistically it's less fair. And the thing that I do like about college is mm-hmm. it it's exciting for the fan because basically what you're doing is and another reason why this might feed into that statistic of mm-hmm. why the team that's on defense first wins most of the time. What are you doing to the field? You're making it smaller. Mm-hmm. You're making it harder for the offense to work. Yeah. Where, I mean, in the NFL, would that be too much of a slide over to the defense or are our offenses so good in the NFL it doesn't matter if we give the defense a little bit of an edge in mm-hmm. situations because we're making that field and we're ta- making yeah. it shorter. Being and a it red depends zone on situation. the teams, obviously, too. I mean, teams of a good defense are going to have a lot better chance than Drew Brees' Saints. Yeah, where they need Which him to be see, the guy to go for it. I could see him liking the how it is right mm-hmm. now, just basically because of how his yeah. team is. So, to me, when I when we really look at the the overtime thing and and I want to say something else in a second but mm-hmm. when we look at the overtime thing statistically it's actually pretty fair so I look at it and say huh maybe it doesn't need to be changed mm-hmm. maybe it's actually okay um 
or there are other things they can do to fix it. And I, I want to take a look into some of the other sports and what they do okay. for this. You know, we used to have the classic shootout, which everybody hated in the NHL. Um, and now they just get the overtime period unless it's foot. I'm sorry, unless it's the playoffs yeah. and then it just never ends. So there's no ties in the playoffs. Well, now in obviously. the regular season, they get that three on three, which is awesome. Which is a lot of fun to watch. There's not really a good way to mimic that in the NFL. Uh, the NBA has their short, uh, their short little periods, mm-hmm. quarters, whatever you want to call them, um, for overtime. That's kind of fun because maybe that's you know maybe that's what the NFL is trying to mimic is this short little thing, but it doesn't really translate as well to the NFL. Yeah. Um, baseball, just keep playing, just keep playing till somebody wins. Yeah, but baseball is that's the one thing with baseball mm-hmm. is the thing that we criticize it for most is that they don't want to change. Yeah. And how we complain that baseball games are too low. Look at that Cub-Yankee game. Mm-hmm. 18 innings. Yeah. I didn't even watch the first part. I only tuned in because I'm like, oh, they're in the 17th. Well, I might as well watch. And, and I'm a White Sox fan, but Ricky, what did I say watching the final game of the World Series? Somebody just win this damn game. Yep. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm not a Cubs fan. Because you weren't going to turn don't it care. off. It was yeah. game seven. It's game seven. <laughs> I'm not a Cubs fan, but I have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to see who won. But anyways... You know, baseball's its own thing. So everyone's going to talk about it at work tomorrow, right? I got it. Well, I'm like, <laughs> so many of my family and my friends are Cubs fans. I have to watch because mm-hmm. I, you know, I want them to be happy. I don't necessarily want the Cubs to win because I'm a White Sox fan, but I want my friends to be happy. <laughs> um, so I look at these type of things, and and honestly, I can't really say I know what soccer does uh, in in overtime. They I'm do, sorry. So my what friends. soccer does, and mm-hmm. you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe what they do is, and I love it because the only soccer games I've watched, mm-hmm. I will say this, although I don't watch a ton of soccer, I love with soccer that I can go, hey, so-and-so, let's do this then. I'm going to go watch the soccer game. Oh, how do you know it's going to be over? It'll be done in an hour and a half. And you can time it like that. I'll be done in an hour and a half because they yeah. have someone who – clocks how much stoppage time so like when the ball goes out and they're not actually playing mm-hmm. and then at the end of the hour at they just the end of the 90 keep going. it's like okay two minutes to stoppage time and you get two extra minutes yeah but that's not overtime necessarily it's kind of overtime but it's not like a traditional yeah overtime but they period. do have overtime in soccer yes yeah i just don't know how they do it um didn't they used to do shootouts as well because isn't that the thing about they still do in some cases mia ham is that her name yeah yeah. She was old. Yeah, Mia Hamm, the chick who we ripped younger. her shirt off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a big deal. Like, what was that, the I know, 90s? I know it's about, a big deal. Yeah, I know about the stoppage time. I don't yeah. know about anything after that. I'm um, not going to pretend to be a soccer fan either. Yeah. I don't know. I just I look at this and it's like there is merit to saying that maybe the NFL should require both teams to touch the ball mm-hmm. at some 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 way, shape, or form. It's like when you played basketball and – high school gym class and they said everybody's got to touch the ball before you shoot um that's how they taught you to make it fair everybody's got to touch it because there's that one person that doesn't really want to play and it's really screwing your team over uh maybe there's merit to that to saying that both players are both teams need to touch the ball i can understand that what i think of though when i see a stat like you know it's only a 53 percent um advantage or something it's like mm-hmm. it statistically that's about as fair as you can really get it's almost a 50 50 split to where hell maybe you could just flip a coin and say oh packers won because they called heads don't Mm -hmm. even need to play all right congrats aaron and i think the really Mm -hmm. the big thing that comes down to it 
is out of the overtime periods, and you could even, I'm going to say don't go back to before they change the rule. The thing that would be more interesting is not who wins, but how many of those overtime games get to the second that possession. 11 through, six, that 11 oh, that through 15. Because yeah. if not a lot of overtime games are getting there, why are we like this doesn't change anything why are we having this conversation we're just you're basically so, you're saying solving a problem that, that doesn't exist now i know literally the cardinal seahawk game got mm-hmm. there because it ended in a tie but how many of those it like it depends if how yeah. many of those are going into it if it's not a lot then mm-hmm. this doesn't really change anything. but then the thing too is drew Brees is complaining about a tie what's wrong with a tie I mean, we like nobody to make likes, fun of it. Nobody likes ties. We like to make fun of it, but... There's got to be a winner and a loser. Come on. Hockey's got ties? No. What's wrong with that? Hockey doesn't have ties. They've got pity points. They get ties. No. Those are not, ties. It's not a tie. It's not a tie. Game ends in a tie. Nobody no, won. Nobody ends... It doesn't end... Nobody in, won. You get a pity point. You get your damn point, but nobody <laughs> has won. You get a pity point. You get one point instead of two. Nobody's basically won. One point instead so of two. So it's... Maybe the NFL needs to uh, a adopt point. A, a pity point system <laughs> for a game... For a, a league that doesn't have points. Don't take but away like, my pity point. But my thought is, what is wrong with the tie, Drew? Like I know, I'm sure you want to win because you don't want to be mm-hmm. seven, eight, and one. You Nobody know? wants to be seven, eight, and one. But the thing is, like, if it's part of the game, and if you got a problem with tying, don't go to overtime. But Mark, win you your pl- damn game. You play to win the game. That's what I'm saying. You play to win. You the got game. four quarters. You couldn't get it done in four, and then you couldn't get it done in ten extra minutes. You deserve your damn tie. And what I'm doing right now is mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm on week thirteen. I'm going through each week. Mm-hmm. And just taking last season as an example, because I want to see out of the overtime periods. Surprisingly, we had a lot of overtime games um, through the 14 weeks of last season. I'm honestly intrigued to see how many of those overtime, not who won, not the possession thing, yeah. but how many of those overtime got games the time. actually got to the 10-minute mark in overtime, because mm. if it's one of those things where, like I said, if it doesn't get there, what's the point of this happening? Like, what's the point, not of happening, but of us having this conversation? You're solving something that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. You're uh, basically, basically saying there's nothing to complain about here because mm-hmm. we don't really need to. And I have all the overtime games now figured out. The first one were the Chargers and the Chiefs. Let's see what they did in overtime. If I go to the play-by-play, the scoring play happened at about 9.53. So just to that time. So it might have scored. an impact in that one because you would have been running out of time. Whereas we've But got, in that case, you probably would have kicked a field goal and you would have won. Next game was the Browns and the Dolphins. That one, 8.26, was the timestamp when the Dolphins won that game. Again, yep. doesn't go past that 10. Then we had Colts-Texans. Texans won it on a field goal with 8-10 to go in the over, or at mm-hmm. the 8-10 mark. So yet again, two minutes into the overtime, yep. boom, we're done. 9-0-1 for the Chargers and the Falcons. Yep. We've got the tie with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Go tie. We've got the tie with the Redskins and the Bengals. That Roll went tie. all the way through. Then at about this one would have gone into would have gone into that time at a minute forty five at a minute forty five left in the game. 
So that's within the 10 to 15 minute mark. Um, then we so have, we officially have one that has one. gone on. Then we have 758 or 748 between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Wouldn't have been in that five minute span. We've got Lions and Vikings, 821. We've got the Chiefs and the Broncos. This is the second one that has gone into that time. But the Broncos scored with 851, but it was a field goal. Chiefs then scored within that five-minute mark. So if this mm-hmm. would have so been game a 10 would minute, have probably been over. It would have been a Bronco win if we had the 10 minutes. So we have two games that would have been affected by it. The uh, 49ers and the Jets, 835 wouldn't have had affected them. The Dolphins and the Bills, we had the first score happen at 47 seconds. So that's three that would have been affected. And then the last one, the Browns score at 717, but then the Steelers get their touchdown at 257. So we would have had four overtimes out of the ones I listed that would have Mm. been affected by this rule last year in some way, either win or loss or a tie. Yeah. And... It doesn't, and not, it seemed like only two of those games two of them, were ties. Two of them were ties. Two of them changed the outcome of the game. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's interesting. It's just one of those things where I, I, I just don't feel like it's necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you changed two outcomes, uh, well, four outcomes, and then Browns two of them would have ended in tie. Browns would have won a game. Hey, they won a game. Well, they would have won another game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They would have beat the Steelers, the team that they always seem to find a way to beat once. And then it seems like the 49ers would have ended up with Miles Garrett. Yeah, they would have. And then the Mitch Trubisky would have probably been a Brown. Probably. Wouldn't the Bears probably wouldn't have traded. Wow, the rabbit hole continues. What a thing that when it comes to these overtimes. But any last thoughts before we officially kick it to the listeners to see what yep. they think? Um I'm interested to see what happens with it this coming this coming season mm-hmm. and the following season because it takes a little bit to really fully mm-hmm. evaluate it. I don't necessarily think we needed to really change much, and I don't think this really accomplishes very much. Um, so, whatever. Whatever is I'm, my thought. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys like I usually am 100% of the time. Usually 100%. A, I could care less if they change it to 10. It does not affect my life. Whatsoever, I am still going to watch the games. Should just I'm be a still going to watch overtime, kicker shootout. And number two, although the statistics that Mark threw out might say I'm wrong, I think the college system is more fun to watch, and that's what I would. Prefer. Well, it's not that it's not fun to watch; it's no, just I'm that saying, it's less yeah, fair. It's less fair, but it's more fun to watch, and that's all I care about. What's more fun to watch? Mm-hmm. And you'll that's care. What I'm saying you'll care about it when your Vikings lose yeah, in overtime. My Vikings. How many overtime games did we have? We had one last year, mm. one, and that was the Lions. So that that's me. I just don't think it matters a huge lot. It's just something that uh, players and everyone just like to complain about. But this is where we will turn it on to you guys. If you have not already, let us know down below. What do you guys think of the overtime rules being changed? Does it need to change? Should it change? Should we keep it still? What do you think we should do down below in the comment section? But, Mark, we're going to move on into the NFC East or the NFC Least, as we've called it, after this past season. I kind of want to change it to the NFC Beast after what Dak Prescott was able to do with that division, making it a putting it on the map and not just saying, oh, we're going to get 509 and 7, maybe 10 and 6 and win the division. It's going to be a horse race. No, that team won it straight out. But we're actually looking at the Washington Redskins in the NFC East and. The Redskins and Kirk Cousins have yet to come up to a long-term deal. The deadline for said deal 
is July 15th. We're going to talk about will the deal get done? But before that, just want to say um, ESPN Redskin reporter um, John Kime said that there's a 50% chance, 50% that a deal gets done. And when asked about it, head coach Jay Gruden basically dodged the question saying, I know he's going to have a, I know he's going to be here this season. And that's all I care about. Perhaps something changes if Washington is able to put together a playoff run. But right now, the two sides are headed towards the divorce next spring. And that's from Roto World. I'm going to ask you this, Mark. What are your odds? And do you think we will get a deal from Cousins and the Redskins done by the July 15th deadline? Well, I just don't get this because I asked myself, what are the Redskins hoping for? Are they hoping for that Kirk Cousins will go and prove himself a third time? Mm-hmm. And if he does, he will demand an even larger contract? Or are they hoping that he goes out there and proves he's a failure, and then they don't have to pay him, but then they're out a franchise quarterback? I don't understand what their win scenario is. Mm-hmm. What is their win? Because this can only end poorly for them. Either they pay more money, or they lose a quarterback. And the worst case scenario is he's good, and he goes somewhere else. Um, so this, Like my Vikings. This makes zero <laughs> sense to me at all. Not your Vikings. If he goes to your Vikings, he'll probably be a little too cold. I mean, Sam Bradford coming off of the, this is his last year on the deal. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Teddy Bridgewater's coming back. Yeah, I think we know that come, Teddy Bridgewater's not coming come, back. Come over to the purple and gold, Curdy Cousins. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a I'm lot. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I think he likes San Francisco a little bit more. But, hey, we're uh, playing a dome. It's not that cold. And, you know, it's cold not, outside. Not you got to go outside at some point to get to your car. Actually, they probably have an underground parking garage, but whatever. Um, so I, it just doesn't make sense to me. My odds for this getting done, everything in my my heart tells me there's no way they're going to get it done mm-hmm. because Washington has proven that they're they have zero interest in making this happen. Yeah. But in my mind, it's saying they have to know this is stupid and that they're being dumb. Mm-hmm. So they will get this done. This is what I kept saying about Tyrod Taylor. The Buffalo Bills were being fucking stupid. And eventually they realized, oh, hey, we're being dumb. Let's get something to work out. Let's stop pissing this quarterback off. Of course, they're still pissing off Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. any chance they get. That's what Washington's doing with Kirk Cousins. They're pissing him off any chance they can get to making him not want to be there. This is basically his audition for other teams now. And... It just doesn't make sense because everything should say, Washington, you have not had a franchise quarterback in so damn long. Be happy that you have one who will be in his prime for you. Sign this damn guy to a deal. Get it done. Make him your franchise quarterback. Compete and then win some Super Bowls maybe. But that's not what they're doing. So... I really don't have a good answer to your question, Ricky, because (laughs) I'm thinking that they really fucking should get it done, but I just don't see it happening because it's Washington. Then I will answer the question straight out. No, a deal's not going to get done by the deadline. And I'm also in agreement with you. And really, to answer your question, the Redskins technically haven't had a good starting quarterback since 2012. I'm going to use RG3's rookie season as a quality season. Um, but I'm but, more talking about like long-term franchise quarterback. But before that, maybe Mark Burnell from 04 to 06. Yeah. Maybe that was the last one. Yeah, because like other years. than that, you had Jason Campbell for three years from 07 to 09, Donovan McNabb for that one, 
and then you had the Rex Grossman year mm-hmm. before you got RG3 and Kirk Cousins, and now you have you've had two seasons with Kirk Cousins, and I look at it and I go, what else does this guy have to show you? Yeah. What else does he need to do? And the thing that I don't understand about this, and you kind of touched on it, and I'm going to go further into it, when you have a quarterback that you think can just bring you out of that quarterback purgatory, the quarterback position is that one position to where if you have a guy like Tom Brady can carry your team and can do it all. But all you have to do is be competent at that position, and it'll give you a chance to win games. As long as you are competent at the quarterback position and have a guy, like I'd say, like Kirk Cousins would be that, maybe even a little above that. If you are competent at that position and have a guy that's not going to turn the ball over and does his job on offense, you will at least have a chance to be in football games and win football games. And I look at the moves that we have seen, the kind of hustle and bustle that we've seen around the league. Last year in the draft, well, now two years ago, because we had this past year's draft, the Rams moved up for a quarterback. The Eagles moved up for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Other times that we have seen moves, we have seen the Bears trade for a quarterback. Really, the Bears are two sides of this situation. They had Rex Grossman, who no one would say is a superstar quarterback, but he was competent and had an amazing defense behind him. So really, yeah. you can surround a competent quarterback. Well, competent, competent yeah, you're just competent, competent a little quotes loosely. Because really, Rex Grossman, it's like my dad always said, you knew what Rex you were going to get mm-hmm. uh, after that first possession. Whether he's going to throw game. five interceptions or not. But then you look at the Bears, two other moves that they have done in their lifetime, mm-hmm. trading for Jay Cutler because we need a quarterback. Yeah. And then this past year in the draft, moving up a spot just to make sure they get their guy so that they can lock down that position. We see my Vikings this offseason. Teddy Bridgewater goes down. They immediately hit, and I'm going to say it in all confidence, hit the panic button and traded for Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. Hit the panic button. They, I mean, they were a lot more calm than I'm making it seem, but they basically said, we need a quarterback. But they knew the went season was got, done if yeah. they don't get somebody. They went out and got a quarterback. Little did they know that the season was done anyway. Yeah, the season was done anyway. I mean, we had an okay season. We started out well. But that's not the point. Mm-hmm. You look at other teams. Like, I'm going to use one in uh, the New England Patriots. Why do you think Bill Belichick is hanging on to Jimmy Garoppolo so much? Because he knows if I lose Tom at all, if I lose him at all to anything, injury, if I lose him to eventually just goes, fuck it, I'm not going to play anymore. Mm-hmm. Having Jimmy Garoppolo is the next bet. Like, he, he's, this is a guy, he's got a guy he that is in. confident and yeah. I can win games with him. Mm-hmm. So why are the Redskins sitting there going, no, we don't need yeah. that? And the big thing that, that you say that really stands out in my mm-hmm. head is uh, – we talk about the Jay Cutler situation for mm-hmm. Chicago. And, he was and competent. He's a competent quarterback. Jay Cutler, at at most times, was the average to above average quarterback. Mm-hmm. There were times where he was below average, sure. But more times than not, he was not going to necessarily uh, be a detriment to Chicago until he threw, you know, throws that one interception. You say, fuck I mean, it, we're I will him. say there were but, some games he didn't have that well, great that's what of an O-line. Saying. He has those times where he where things go wrong. But anyways, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins yards last year 
third highest. He was like eighth highest in touchdowns, mm-hmm. middle of the pack for interceptions thrown. Uh, his completion percentage, he's like eighth highest for quarterbacks. This is not a average quarterback. This is an above average quarterback mm-hmm. in nearly every category, minus the interceptions thrown where he is pretty much perfectly average. Mm-hmm. So he's an above average quarterback for you. And you don't want him? What are you waiting for? You're waiting for someone who's going to be Aaron Rodgers, for who's going to be Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Is that what you want? Because those guys don't come around that often. We made a big deal about Andrew Luck being a once-in-a-generation type of player. How many Super Bowls has he got? Well, that's true there, but there's a lot going wrong in Indianapolis. But that's what I'm saying. If you have a once-in-a-generation player. And what's the next, you know... What's the next thing you're looking for? Mm-hmm. What else are you going to get? What are you going to get that's going to be better than Kirk Cousins? You can ask a team, any team in the NFL, going into going into uh, this past draft. You can have Kirk Cousins right now, or you can have one of these rookie quarterbacks who you're about to draft. Who do you want to start next season? I'm going to take Kirk Cousins. Exactly. And everybody's going to take Kirk Cousins because we have a known commodity right now. What can do you think you're going to get that's going to be better? And sure, Deshaun Watson could be the next Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. And everything is different. Everything has changed, and it's perfect, and everything's great. But right now, we know we have a quarterback that's I like good. how you use Joe Montana and not Tom Brady. Hey, I said he was the <laughs> king of football, and I stand by it. Uh, you said Montana's got, the king of football? I said he is the king of football. Mm-hmm. The current king, though, if you just look at right now, is Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And I stand by what yeah, I said. You were getting a lot of hate in the comment section last Why week. Why the I fuck don't it. people like Aaron Rodgers? I hate Aaron Rodgers. I'm wearing a Bears <laughs> hoodie right now, but he's still the damn king of football. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, rings aside, um, it just comes down to me. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he's an above-average quarterback. What more do you want? There's maybe... If I was going to rank these these quarterbacks, and I'm not going to do it right now, I'm going to have maybe six or seven quarterbacks above mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. I really think that if I'm the Redskins, that I'm going to be able to get a guy well, who's going to be one of the top five quarterbacks. And let me throw this out to you. Though. And you're going to have to draft him, by the way, because there's not going to just be someone, unless it's Mike Glennon, well, there's not going to just be some guy roaming in free let agency. Me, let me use the example that I was going to just bring up, and it was... A team last year, Mm -hmm. so in 2016, they drafted a quarterback, and they went ahead, and this season, he did great things for them. Who do you think I'm talking about? Last season, the Philadelphia Eagles? No, same division, though. Same division? Who? Oh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. (laughs) I almost forgot that he was a rookie. Look at what the Cowboys did. Mm -hmm. They, one season with Dak, a guy who... Everyone thought Jerry Jones would be so loyal to and Tony Romo. Yeah. They said, bye. Because they have, like, Tony Romo, of course, mm-hmm. he's had, he had the thing of he's getting old. Yeah. So it's, you look at it and go, you and know that's what, a better let's go team with the young buck. Overall but, than the Redskins are. But I can use that, too, as an example of that's another position where a team went, hey, instead of having Dak just sit here because we've got Tony, let's go with Dak because we're going to win games. Bye, Tony. Mm-hmm. Why and, and I look at it and I go, why haven't this is just to me? I feel like the Redskins and Kirk Cousins have just been in what we've called, and I'm going to be uncensored here. Big dick contest. Who's yeah. going to win? 
who's going to win? Who wants to show that they have the bigger manhood, basically? And mm-hmm. I'm going to put all the blame on the Redskins because yeah. Kirk Cousins is just— at first was playing for a job. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, you're not going to give me a deal. Okay, I'll play again. And now this season, if Kirk Cousins wants to get a little angry and say, nah, I'll wait, he is all the right in the world. Because if mm. he waits, he is either going to be the most highest paid quarterback via a tender or he is going to get his money from yeah. another team. And he's got all the leverage in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got two good seasons here. Yep. Uh if he has one more good season, of course, all can go wrong if he gets injured or sucks it up. Uh, but he's he's showing everything right now. There's nothing Let the Redskins have. Let him to the playoffs have. in 2015. Yeah, there's nothing that the Redskins have in their arsenal to use to go against Kirk Cousins. Besides the fact that, and I have criticized him for this in the past, when he had the opportunities before, he did not win that job over RG3. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a whole different situation. There's a but lot that goes he, into but it. after he developed. Now he has done everything you could possibly ask. It makes zero sense to me. I have not seen a good argument being made after this past season. At first with that one season, it's like, okay, maybe you can believe it was a fluke. Mm -hmm. Then he came out and he did it again. I have since have not seen a good argument that says why you should not pay Kirk Cousins. I ju- I, Unless I do it's just being it. hopeful or it's just per- someone who well, is being stubborn and saying, I still don't now, believe he's good. If this was a position like, I'm going to say on the defensive side or if this was mm-hmm. a running back or any position besides the quarterback. The most important position. I would say, okay, I can see why you don't want to give him the money. But because he plays quarterback, he's had – Two solid seasons. Like I said, the Mm -hmm. 2015 season, he went ahead and brought them to the playoffs. And this past year, although they went 8-7-1, 8-7-1, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, we did. Although they went 8-7-1, the Cowboys were really good this season. And the Giants were good this season in their own division. So, but his play didn't, to me, take a huge step back. And I, I just look at it and I go... You want to set yourself up for the future, and there's so many things I'm hearing in the offseason about Doxon, how mm-hmm. he's doing better, he's getting more in rhythm, he's healthy. They're expecting big things out of him. The last thing you want to do is have him have a good season with Kirk Cousins this year and then throw a new quarterback at him. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I just I look at all this and it – Obviously, you don't want to pay mm-hmm. your quarterback a shit ton of money, um, but you also don't want to not have a quarterback. And which one is worse, paying your quarterback a lot of money or not having a quarterback? Ask the Browns. Yeah. Ask the Browns how not having a quarterback is. Ask the Jets this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got Josh McCown. We'll see how that works this year. But we all thought Fitzmagic was going to be as good as he was two years ago for them. Ask the Jets how it feels to not have a quarterback. Ask the Browns how it feels to not have a quarterback. Look at the Jaguars, a team we are going to talk about in the last segment of the podcast. They're a team that there are people out there, except for the one yearbook photo, funny picture I saw today where this one senior student for his yearbook quote Mm -hmm. put, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, dash Blake Bortles. Um, and he tweeted and said, Blake Bortles, will be, you'll always be my quarterback. There have been people out there that have criticized Blake Bortles, that have said the Jaguars could do better than Blake Bortles. They probably could. But what did the Jaguars do 
they picked up his fifth option. Mm-hmm. They kept him on for that fifth year because they, they look somebody. at it and they go, we have a quarterback that we're confident in. Yeah. Why give mm-hmm. that up? Well, you look at the the NFL draft this year. The Bears mm-hmm. traded up for Trubisky. The Chiefs, uh, Chiefs traded and up. And the Texans. Yeah, for Mahomes and then Watson. Mm-hmm. These were teams that needed to give up a good amount to get their quarterbacks and to get something they can trust. And these are guys who one of them will probably start week one, mm-hmm. but that's a, still a question mark. There's not It's not for sure Watson will start week one. The other one being Trubisky, there's a good chance he will get an opportunity, and Mahomes won't sit the entire season most likely. Because there's Alex Smith. So you have three of these guys drafted towards the top, and two of them might play. One of them is more likely to play. So you don't have that great of odds. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. You have a known commodity. Use it. Uh, I I got nothing else to say to the Redskins. Well, you got Kirk Cousins. You got to use them. And here's the only thing. Get it done. Here's the last thing I want to bring up with this mm-hmm. is because I am on the side of I don't think a deal's getting done by the deadline. No, I'm I don't saying either. by the deadline. So we're going to be talking all year about this. Now, does a deal get done after the season? Maybe. Do the Redskins franchise tag him a third time and make him the highest paid quarterback basically in the league? Maybe, but I wouldn't Probably think not, they would. Probably not, no. I don't think that. I wouldn't I wouldn't put that price tag on Kirk Cousins. It has nothing to do with Kirk Cousins. I just wouldn't want to use all my money for that. I would try to get a long-term deal done because it's not going to come anywhere close yeah. to what that tender would be. Although he, there's a good chance he probably will still be the highest paid quarterback. Yeah, but it's gonna be, it's not going to be as much as that tender is going mm-hmm. to be. And the thing I look at is, okay, are the Redskins thinking, well, next year's a quarterback-heavy class? Like, r- right now in the top five— That's what people are expecting, yeah. Well, I've in my top five right now, there are, to me, four that are, boom, top fives. And then that fifth spot, there's like three— that I'm thinking right now, okay, it could be that guy, could be could be Falk, could be Rudolph, could be Mayfield. Mm-hmm. There's not a set five. There are going to be a ton of quarterbacks. Now we gotta play the season to see how they all do, but are the Redskins thinking, yeah, you know what? We can go get a quarterback in next year's draft. Where I look at it and I go, Well, yeah, but if Kirk Cousins trend continues and your team does well, yeah. You're not, you might not have that draft pick to get the Rosen, Darnold, Jackson, or Allen because mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Right now, looking at the draft for next year, I see all four of those quarterbacks, Darnold, Allen, Jackson, and Rosen in that order, all going in the top five. Yeah, I, I don't think that's likely, but um, just because the season's going to change things. Well, and so the draft th- order is going to get set differently yeah. than it is with the predictions of exactly schedules. uh but you just can't go in and that's my point i was making with these rookie quarterbacks mm-hmm. for this draft only one of them is most likely going to start which is deshaun watson so you might get a guy that's ready to start mm-hmm. you might not uh and there's no guarantees on any of these guys any of these ones could be busts we've been pretty fortunate so far that mariota winston were good uh, Andrew Luck was good. RG3 had opportunity until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that a knock on him. He just happened to get hurt, and yeah. now it's all done. Uh, then you look at some of these other guys, and it's like, well, what about Geno Smith? 
That wasn't very good. What, what about, about EJ Manuel? What about Brady Quinn? Johnny Manziel? Johnny Manziel's well, that's a whole different issue. Yeah. Uh, but like, there's all these other quarterbacks that are thrown there. Jared Goff hasn't got his opportunity, so mm-hmm. I know he's probably been mentioned in the comment section. Ryan Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, you could Tim definitely Couch. go far to all these histories. But I'm just saying in recent memory, because mm-hmm. right now we're kind of clouded by thinking about Winston, Mariota, mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, uh, RG3, like I said, showed promise. We're kind of clouded on these guys that were like, oh, you can definitely get somebody. That's not even mentioning people like Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, who mm-hmm. surprised people, uh, or Derek Carr. And you're not, your odds are not as good as they might seem. And that's something that a team like the Redskins, or they're probably smarter about it. A lot of times it's, you know, us, the fans of football, that say, Oh, like Chicago was a good example of Jay Cutler's bad. Just go draft another quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's not that simple. It's not that easy to just go and draft a quarterback. Look at Jake Locker. How did he plan out? Yeah. I mean, the Chicago Bears ended up trading up to sh- secure the fact that they could trade or get their quarterback, and people are trash-talking that. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much anymore, but... It's just one of those interesting well, yeah, you things. Shut them up at rookie minicamp. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all the bear, all the the beat writers were criticizing, and then oh, he he looks pretty good. I oh, saw. I'll, I will say, and this mm-hmm. is off topic a bit, but I just want to throw it out there. I saw one clip of Trubisky. Yeah, and it was camera aimed behind him, and he's throwing at a tire. Pinpointed it perfectly. Ball didn't hit the tire at all. Just went right through and kept going. Oh, it was a beautiful throw. Yeah, but I Kids digress. Got some talent. Continue to. Continue yeah. your Kirk Cousins point. You're just not – it's just not a good – your odds are against you to just draft a quarterback mm. and have it work out. It's basically what I'm saying. That's um, why this team drafted two in the same draft class. Yeah, and one of them didn't work out, and the other one – Panned out. Did pan out. But you don't want to pay him. Like, Yeah, oh. it's just – I don't get it. I really don't get it. It makes no sense to me, and I don't understand what the Redskins are doing. Just like I don't understand what the Buffalo Bills are doing. With pissing off Tyrod Taylor. And Kirk Cousins is a much better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Kirk uh, Tyrod is, to me, that average to slightly above average. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is that, without a doubt, above now, average. And I want to just, this is the last thing I'll make on this point before I throw it back for your final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Is I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is in the same category as like a Tom Brady. He's not a guy that... Go out there. But he's got potential. He, he's got potential, but yeah. it's not like that greatest of all time, you know, Super Bowl mm-hmm. games on the line, Kirk Cousins go win me the But he's game. a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. But he, if you put a, a team around yeah. him. Yeah. He, you've got to have the complete team around him. I don't even think you need a complete team. You just need a team that has a good supporting cast. The guy's I'll take got, that. The guy's got great talent. Tom Brady could go out there and we have... There have been times where, and I mean, Drew Brees has kind of done this too in his career of, mm-hmm. we didn't even know guy Like, Wes Welker didn't even say his name until he became a Patriot. Julian Edelman probably wouldn't know his name if Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback. Yeah. Like, Kirk Cousins isn't going to be that to where, like, Drew Brees, Tom Brady making their wide receivers known commodities. Yeah. Like, I mean, with all the, the wide, like, Marquise Colston. And how much, like, Willie Sneed. Would we know fucking Willie Sneed's no. name if Drew Brees wasn't thrown to him? No, we wouldn't. But Kirk Cousins is a competent quarterback, and I'm not saying that is like a knock. I would love to have next season, if Sam Bradford's not my guy and Teddy Bridgewater can't come back, I would love and I would be out there campaigning for my Vikings to go ahead and sign Kirk Cousins. You want to know why? 
because I know it's a solid pick at the quarterback position that can help me. Could you imagine, and this is me just being mm-hmm. a little bit of wishful thinking, could you imagine Kurt Cousins with that defense? That'd be good. Well, with that you, defense. You need some wide receivers. We do. We do. And we got we got Michael Floyd. We're going to see how he pans out mm-hmm. with our team. We also got Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook now in the backfield. But could you imagine Kirk Cousins with a defense as good as that, with with how good we played, especially those six games? Because let's be honest, we didn't mm-hmm. get no help from the offense half the time. The offensive line needs to get a little better for him. Yeah. And that's the thing for your yeah. Vikings, just to you personally, Ricky, to your Vikings, Kirk Cousins is going to go, yeah, no, no, I don't want to go there. Uh-uh, well, I like really, my legs. The team I'd put right now that Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins would go to is the 49ers. He yeah. would go back to play with Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. You just had this thing where he's going to go, I watched RG3 get injured and ruin his career. <laughs> I don't want to be behind that line. But what are your final thoughts on the Kirk Cousins and the uh-huh. long-term deal possibility uh, with the Redskins? I would be surprised if it gets done. Uh, before July 15th, mm-hmm. but logically it wouldn't surprise me because it makes so much damn sense that you should do it. I just don't believe the Redskins will do it. No, I don't That's what either. it comes down to. And they're dumb for, for not doing it. But you know what? Watch, Kirk Cousins is going to get injured in the preseason, and then oh. everyone's going to laugh. Please don't. Please. I would not wish that on Redskins fans or or Kirk Cousins, but this is where we turn it on to you guys, and I want you guys and Redskins fans to let us know down below what you guys think. I'm going to throw a special shout-out to one of our favorite Redskins fans, I'll say, and Vance. Let us know down below what you think, Vance. What do you think, Kirk Cousins? Should he get a long-term deal? Will he get a long-term deal? Because that's really the question here. Let us know down below in the comment section. But, Mark, we got to move on into our last topic here on the podcast. And before we get into it, a little setting up for this one. Today, I posted on the MVP account just a simple, hey, guys, how's it going? What topic would you like us to cover here on the Onside Kick tonight? And we got two. The one that we're not going to cover, they're both from Drew. Shout out to Drew, by the way. Go follow him at Board with Time. First one's easy, and you answered this. I didn't have an answer to it. Better broadcaster, Tony Romo or Jay Cutler? You had the answer. Jay Cutler. It's Jay Cutler, hands down for he just, Mark Webber. If you've ever listened to Jay Cutler on, and you probably wouldn't if you're not in Chicago. I listened to him on The Herd. Yeah, when, when you listen to him, him go on, like he had that segment with Mike and Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Or not Mike and Mike, um, the other one around here. Um, I'm blanking on the Waddle name. Waddle and Sylvie? Waddle and Sylvie. Uh he just has the best dry sense of humor. And that sass you were talking and about. And he's got that sass where it's. I think it's going to shine through. Uh, there was a bunch Especially of, if they're doing bear games. Yeah, right? A bunch of people, and, and I, he, I think he will, I don't know, I hope he'll get some. He will. Uh, he will do some bear games. Because uh, he's on Fox, I believe, yep, right? The C game. C yeah. game of the week. So he, uh, I love all these little jokes that people are making on, you know, Twitter, Reddit, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And there was one perfect that was like, this commentator talking about all this stuff with the past, next commentator saying like, yeah, what do you think, Jay? And he's like, it was bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then they just go to the next thing. And I'm like, part of me hopes that that would just be too funny, but I just want to see him really just let the personality shine. Well, and Drew had another question. This is going to lead us into the last topic. Mm -hmm. He hit us with a second tweet that said, who is the NFL equivalent to the Sacramento Kings. And we're not going to talk about who the equivalent is. I'm just going to tell you. To me, the equivalent is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we are talking about right now. A team that 
Maybe it's because the Kings right now have so much promise, especially with their two yep. draft picks. And the Jaguars are always a team that kind of feel the same the past few years. They have so much promise, so much hype, and then they let you down like they let me down last year after I predicted them to make the playoffs. Then I changed it after the Teddy Bridgewater injury. But the reason why we're talking about this, the reason why we're answering the question of is it finally time to believe in the hype is because Calais Campbell, their newest addition from the Arizona Cardinals, basically said, and I quote, I truly believe this team has every piece of the puzzle. We don't need anything else, end quote. Mark, what do you think about Campbell's comments, and what do you think about the hype with Jacksonville? Is it finally time to buy in? Yeah, this this is the big thing with Jacksonville is that they – really truly do have almost everything they need Mm -hmm. on paper. And that's what it is. It's on paper. It's on paper. And we buy in. We bought in in 2015 for for quite a few people. Um, Everyone pretty much was buying in on 2016. But the thing that we all kind of ignore, because Mm -hmm. we're just looking at paper, is that you know, someone like Blake Bortles, where his stats are artificially inflated. The reason why he was so good in fantasy football in 2015 was because of the garbage time. You know, when the team needed him to throw the ball, and he mm-hmm. threw a lot of touchdowns because he had those opportunities. He's never thrown less than uh, 16 interceptions. He will throw you interceptions, but you're if you're lucky, he'll throw you yards, a lot of yards, and get a lot of touchdowns too. But the thing is, like, his rookie year, it's a rookie year, but it was mm-hmm. nothing that great. Uh, middle year, sophomore year was looking great. You loved it ignoring the whole garbage time uh, thing I just talked about. And then 2016 was like, yeah, okay, that's fairly average. You know, um, you just don't really know what you're going to get out of Blake Bortles right now. And there's not a lot of people seemingly within the Jacksonville Jaguars organization that really completely seem that sold on him. And that's the thing to me is I look at this team that has so many pieces to the puzzle, and I've jokingly said it before, they have everything except for the quarterback. They're a quarterback away. And, and Blake Bortles can be that quarterback. He just needs to show us that he's going to be that quarterback. And I don't necessarily know if I completely buy in yet. I've got one response to Campbell's Campbell's comments. You can have all the pieces of the puzzle. Doesn't mean you can put it together. Mm-hmm. I can have all the pieces do a nice puzzle right in front of me. Doesn't mean just by having those pieces in front of me that I can put everything together. Yeah. Depending on how hard. Like, if they're big shapes, then sure. But if they're small, little, itty-bitty shapes, then maybe I might have a hard time putting those together. It might take Mm me a long time to put it together. And with Jacksonville, that's what I think it is, is they have the pieces, but they haven't been able to put them together yet. And once they do, this team is going to be good. And this team is going to be a playoff team in my mind. And really... That's why, to me, they brought in Tom Coughlin to bring in to put those pieces together. Make sure that that picture that they see in their head, they take those puzzle pieces and they're putting them and then they make us see the picture. It's like, oh, so that's what the picture is supposed to look like. Because right now it kind of looks like when you're kind of putting that puzzle together and you see like, well, I kind of see like a royal reef over here, but then... I just see table over here. Mm -hmm. That's what we have right now. We have a border. We have one little section that has a picture of something and then a whole lot of table that we're working on. 
Well, I, it, it's just interesting with Jacksonville is because they do have all the pieces and everything like that that they would want to have. But And they've done that they, through the draft. Yeah, they just can't get things to work out. And part of it, they've had issues of injury, of course. Um, but I think some of the inconsistency out of Blake Bortles <laughs> mm-hmm. is, of course, related to uh, the rest of the team as well. But they've just kind of been their own worst enemy in a lot of ways. And that's something that you bring in a guy like Tom Coughlin, a guy who's going to be that disciplinarian, who's not going to take shit and, you know, stupid stuff like, let Get me... Get ready for Jaguar time. Let me, yeah, exactly. Let me change the schedule and stuff like that. Something that's completely arbitrary and everybody in the media talked about it for weeks and mm-hmm. it was like, this is really stupid. But anyways... Um, or changing all the clocks in the facility to put them five minutes... Uh, mm-hmm. What He does it five minutes quicker. So yeah. that you're five minutes early to everything. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, again, it's just like... This is so this is so dumb. <laughs> like it's just such a stupid thing. I get it, but it's just so dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh but it, I don't know. I'm at the point, the same point with the Jacksonville Jaguars that I am with the Sandy, well, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. Um you got to show it to me at this point. I have bought in too many times. I have believed in you guys. I have looked at the roster. I have looked at the stats. I have looked at what we should have, the projections and said, "Yes." You will be good. I believe in you. <laughs> Jacksonville, I had a really high hopes for Jacksonville last year. Just as I previously have had really high hopes for the San Diego Chargers. I can say San Diego Chargers because I used to be San Diego Chargers when I had high hopes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, you got to prove it to me at this point. I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt at all. Well, and the thing for me that I look at, and I'm looking at their schedule from last year, and they started off kind of rocky. But I look at, they start off with three losses, Green Bay, San Diego, Baltimore. Their only three wins coming, Indianapolis, Chicago, back-to-back, and then Tennessee later in the season. But that was also a Tennessee game where Marcus Mariota, A, didn't look that great, and B, got injured. Yeah. Um, but I look at a lot of their, I look at a lot of their games. The Green Bay game, lost by four. I look at the Baltimore game, lost by two. I'm going to throw the Chicago win in there, too, and the Indianapolis one, because those were a three and a one-point victory. Then I look at the Kansas City. That was a five-point loss, a three-point loss to Houston. You have a touchdown, a seven-point loss to Buffalo. You have a one-point loss to Houston and a four-point loss to Indianapolis. That's nine games right there that were decided within a touchdown. Mm Mm-hmm. At least nine of those games decided within a touchdown. And I kind of go back to the kind of old mantra of I can't remember what team it was, but it was just one of those things where this is the season where we compete, we're in games, we lose close, and then next year's the season where we win a couple more games, we're on the other side of that. And then that next season, someone where we turn the switch and we win games. I mean, I'm sure that's what they're hoping for, for sure. And Jacksonville's always been very good in recent memory of getting behind early and coming back mm-hmm. late. Um, the thing is, you can't do that and expect to win. Ask the Lions. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get always be the comeback kids. Uh, you need to you need to change something, and that's exactly what the whole culture change with Tom Coughlin is really about. And they're hoping to get the most out of Blake Bortles. They're hoping to keep everybody healthy and on well, the field. And the thing I think is going to help this year, I'm going to go through really quickly some leading rushers by games of them, and you tell me 
if it's good or bad. I just want you to say good or bad. Ready? TJ Yeldon, 39 yards. Blake Bortles, 34 yards. You're talking about in a game? Oh, these are their these are leading games. rushers. They're their leading rusher for the game because I'm looking at theirs. So TJ Yeldon, 39 yards. Yeah, no. Blake Bortles, 34 yards. No, your quarterback shouldn't be your leading rusher. Bortles and Yeldon, both with 17. Still shouldn't be your leading rusher. Yeldon, 71. Good job, buddy. That's all right. Ivory, 32. Nope. Ivory, 48. Nope. Bortles, 22. Nope. Stop with the fucking Bortles <laughs> shit here. Ivory, 107. There you're happy. Right, Yeldon, good. 32. Good. No. Ivory, 39. They really like these 30s. Bortles, 81. <laughs> Yeldon, 55. Yeldon, 59. Ivory, 44. Ivory, 45. And then finally, Grant with 122. Hey, there you go. So the one thing I think Mm. is, A, they didn't have a ton of success on the ground, which part of me feeds into what you said, the injuries, because Ivory was injured last season, especially early into it. Leonard Fournette, this is going to be a big, like, as a rookie, this is going to be a big year for him. Mm-hmm. He's no, going to sure. have he's oh, these numbers are going to have to change because of him, and yeah. that's why I always thought that he would be the best back for this team because in college it wasn't like a man he's got a great offensive line in front of us. It was man, did you see what Fournette was able to do on his own? And he has to, he has to. I mean, this team is they're not terrible, mm-hmm. but they're fairly bad overall. When you just look at these stats, you look at what happened last year, you look at the injuries. Mm-hmm. This team did not impress anybody. Um, they got a long ways to go, but they have so many of those pieces to where this could be a fast turnaround for them. And it should probably be a fast turnaround. It's just one of those things where like we, like I was saying is, We've been waiting for it for so long mm-hmm. now. Eventually, it has to just happen. You can only keep us. You can only keep us in suspense for so long, Jacksonville. You got to be good at some point. And the thing that another thing to think about coming into this season is last year they fired Gus Bradley. Mm-hmm. Doug Marone took over. Will having Doug Marone as the head coach from day one change anything? Because I mean, Gus Bradley obviously was not the right man for that job. I didn't now when they were looking for the new head coach, I didn't think Doug Marone was the guy that would be the best fit for them. Like fit wise, yeah, he's been there, but I thought that going out and getting someone not Doug Marone mm-hmm. was a wiser choice. Well, they choice. ended up with Tom Coughlin in there too. Yeah, it's which kinda muddy. Is kind of like, you know what, Tom Coughlin's running the boat there. But is that gonna change anything? Having a more like solid guy that yes we've had him from last season and he's continuing the job coming in. I mean it should. I mean that that's the kind of thing that should help a quarterback. It should help the rookies on that offense and defense, of course, too. It should help everybody get some consistency. I mean, a problem with a young quarterback. I mean, Blake Burles is twenty five years old. Mm-hmm. So a problem for a young quarterback like that, uh and you know, any any wide receivers, any running over. back is the fact that they can't get comfortable mm-hmm. that's a big issue in these bad teams um you know ask the browns ask the bears ask any of these teams that are not good with quarterbacks here you just can't get a guy who's comfortable and that should be something that helps it should be something that's good that should change things for jacksonville my question though is i don't believe in doug marone that much um you know i mean there was a lot of issues in buffalo that led to him leaving mm-hmm. uh but a big question mark I have is Tom Coughlin's presence. 
what is his actual role when it comes down to the season? Because there's been a lot of overlap where he's doing things a GM would typically do. But then he's doing things a coach would do. Yeah, so he's got this weird middle ground where it's like they didn't want him to be a coach. They didn't want him to be a GM. They didn't want him to be Bill Belichick. You know, what is what is his actual role going mm-hmm. to be? Not on paper when they're actually doing stuff. You know, because it's Jacksonville. We don't care about paper. We care about what actually happens yeah. in reality. Uh, and Tom Coughlin, if he and Marone are not getting along, they're not getting rid of Tom Coughlin. So it could be yet another change for these young guys to deal with. Um, I don't know. Basically, my whole summary comes down to Jacksonville. Yeah, sure. On paper, it looks great. But it's <laughs> it's looked great for the last two, three years now. So you're saying it's not time to believe in it's not finally time to believe in the hype well it's been time to believe in the hype and they keep proving us wrong no, no, no. so I'm apparently not finally believe like that that hype is going to turn into something successful no they have given us too much hope in the past and burned us too many times uh the pot on the stove it's too hot don't touch it well what's what's the saying burn burn me once shame on me burn me twice shame Shame on you? Is that, no, is that you did it, it wrong. Shame on <laughs> shame on you first, then shame on me. It's because I didn't do... I'm used to stab me once, shame on you, stab me twice, shame on me. When really it's stab me once, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm dead now. <laughs> stab me once, oh, I'm Thanks. dead. But the thing that I look at, and this is the final mm-hmm. thing we'll look at with the Jaguars, is schedule. We're obviously going to do our season predictions when we get to the preseason and when we're getting ready for the start of the year. And I look at it, and right away, the thing that the thing that kind of bothers me a little bit is at the week eight bye of their first seven games, four of them are on the road. And those road games, you got to go to the Steelers, you got to go to Indy where you lost last year, you beat them at home and lost on the road, and you got to open up in Houston. And we don't know who's going to be that starting quarterback for Houston. Could be Sean Watson, could be Tom Savage. But you've also got teams like the Seahawks that you've got to play. You have to play the Cardinals. You have to play, like I said, the Steelers. Their schedule to me early on doesn't look like the hardest. But it's going to be interesting to where those first seven games, are those going to set us up for what to come past the bye? Like if they go mm-hmm. two win, three win, even one win, is it going to be like, well, don't look for Jacksonville anymore? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly they're... Their, I think their schedule is actually fairly balanced uh, mm-hmm. with with the bye in the middle. Of course, they have tough games like Seattle, and, and I expect Houston to be good if the Cardinals are better. But they don't have a ton of tough games, which is good. Yeah, I mean, the schedule is definitely manageable. It's a schedule where you can get a 500 mm-hmm. win season for sure. Um, it really, to me, it just comes down to plain and simple. Jacksonville has had what they needed, and they're a better team on paper now, mm-hmm. sure. But they've had what they've needed for a while. You just got to show up at some point. You just got to shut, just, up, shut up and buck up. Basically. Yeah, it just needs to happen is really what it comes down to. Do you think it'll happen? That's what I'll ask you then. Do you think it'll happen? Because I am on the side mm-hmm. of, no, we're going to wait another year. I think they'll be better than they were last year, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be, you know, more than six wins. And this is exactly why kind of the tie at full circle, why I wanted to map this in when we got the comment from Drew about, oh, who's the Sacramento Kings of the NFL? To me, it's Jacksonville because this is a team that, I mean, the Kings were hyped for right now because of Buddy Heald and they get the two draft picks. We're hyped for this team in the NFL each and every year 
Plus, they're kind of similar in the fact that the Kings used to be good and used to be a playoff team. So did Jacksonville with Tom Coughlin when he was their head coach. Mm-hmm. And now Jacksonville's barely escaping the uh, relocation jokes. Yeah. Well, we all thought that they'd be going to London or to no, LA. I d- no. You didn't th- you didn't think they'd go to LA when it was first like When oh, it was like move? originally? Yeah. yeah, sure. We all we all said Jacksonville. They, they put a lot of money. That owner's put a lot of money mm-hmm. into that stadium. Well, he's the financial mogul when he played Madden. Yeah, he it's is. his picture when you're the financial mogul. Start but, out with a shit ton of money. But that's going to mm-hmm. pretty much wrap up the show here for the onside kick. I want to thank you guys for either watching on YouTube or listening and downloading on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher. It is because of your guys' undying support that we are able to do what we do for you guys each and every week. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the with two E's. Mark Weber, Most Valuable Podcast, is at Most Valuable Pod. Also, besides hitting that like and subscribe button, check out patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast, just a way for you to help support the channel more so than hitting that like and subscribe button. But I want to thank you guys one more time for watching and listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.